and the immortal words of the doors, the time to hesitate is through. Screw the permit, welcome to Mac and Cheese Movies. When your weekend's all spin up and Monday's coming down the pike, sometimes all you need is a little comfort to get you through to Monday. Mac and Cheese Movies, where we believe in comfort food and comfort movies. I'm Scotty Coppage, and she's the night manager of Music Town. It's Shannon Coppage. Let's go to Atlantic City! <laughs> And with us today, he brought his own couch cushion. It's Brad Vestal. Happy Rex Manning Day. <laughs> today we're talking about Empire Records. We started watching this at 1.37, which is an excellent time. Um, we had pizza and cupcakes today for the Empire Records pairing. Yeah. You want to talk about it, Shannon? Um, yeah, it was tasty. Made the cupcakes, made the pizza. It worked out okay. I um, thought the pizza was amazing. <laughs> you worked at Sparrow's. <laughs> I feel like that's high praise. <laughs> definitely a rival. You've made pizza before, so I feel I'm better about this assessment. Three-year veteran. I did not help with the pizza. I consumed a lot of it. <laughs> well, I didn't finish off the pizza this time, so I guess that's something. <laughs> you want to talk about the plot, well, Shannon? Yeah, okay. According to BuzzFeed's How Empire Records Became an Unlikely Film of a Generation by Anne Helen Peterson, the Empire Records plot is fairly straightforward. An employee of an independent record store, tasked with the closing up the store for the night, discovers plans for a corporate takeover. A fate, as anyone familiar with the 90s culture politics knows, akin to capitalism, capitalist colonialism. The employee thus takes the day's earnings to Atlantic City, hoping to win enough to save the store. He totally fails, and the rest of the movie is ostensibly spent figuring out how to protect the store, from encroaching music town overlords. And uh, I don't know. It was the misfit teens that resonated. I don't think he failed. Well, he, he failed, but everybody else backed him up. Because, like, Empire Records, they were like a family. They weren't they weren't just like, oh, we're failing, we're out, you know? I mean, when we get toward the end of the movie here, but okay. I think him failing started a whole line of, like, clairvoyance for Mr. Lucas. Right. All right. So everyone, everyone tell me about your relationship to Empire Records. Oh, All right, Shannon. I want to go back to what Brad was saying. We're going <laughs> to gonna get to that. We're going to get why, to that. Why, why are you, like, cock-blocking that right now? <laughs> <laughs> Not blocking anything. We'll just talk about it later. I think um, I was, like, a freshman or sophomore in high school when this uh -huh. movie came out. I uh, did not see it in the theaters. I don't even know if it came to the theater. It didn't come to the theater here. Okay. Scotty knows. Yeah. Uh, Middle-class America, cable subscriber. I, I saw it on HBO or Showtime, something like that, and... Probably didn't think anything of it when I was watching it back then, and now it's kind of like a all my friends know the movie. We don't quote it a whole lot or anything like that. No. I, I saw this on HBO when I was 16, loved it. You know, I thought working in a music store would be like that. It wasn't. Um, that's the problem with like Moulin Rouge in it. You know, what I think life is going to be like. Okay. I like um, that verb. I think we both like that verb. You, you Moulin know, Rouge in it. You know, <laughs> Moulin Rouge being. You know, seeing all this spectacular stuff in movies and expecting life to be like that. Okay, okay. You know, I worked in a record store. It wasn't like that at all. Um, we had no customers at all. It was just me and the manager who wasn't like Joe. It was me walking up and down the CD aisles, like straightening CDs. Okay. When we closed, we definitely didn't have this, like, go out in a blaze of glory, try to save the empire type of deal. It was just like, we're done. Um, Shannon, you worked in a music entertainment store called Hastings. What was that like for you? Um, I loved it. I wanted to, so I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't my dream to work in like the record section of that store. I wanted to work in books. I thought books, that was going to be like Ooh. my, my dream job. And it was horrible working in books. <laughs> it had a lot to do with like the books manager. He was like kind of just a, he was there for just a second and then they moved him somewhere else, but he was terrible. Um, but also people would come in asking shitty questions. Like, you remember that purple book that was here last week, you know, and they don't want to hear like, <laughs> I'm going to need more information from you, you know, like they don't want to hear that. So you, I, I personally would just be like, I totally know what you're talking about. And then I'd like go to the back and wander around for like five minutes and then I'd come back and I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I couldn't find it. You know, mm. that was the entire thing. And they just wanted you to like alphabetize and like, you're so and busy. You hated that because it was so Did, hard? It's not hard, <laughs> but it's like, you were so busy the entire time. And then they're like, so you worked super hard, like helping all these people and doing all this stuff. And then they're like, why didn't you alphabetize this entire thing? And you're like, uh, cause I didn't have any time today. 
So I moved up to the front. I like that a whole lot better. Shannon, didn't you meet like the friends of your life at this job though? I did, but that's that like it was like I had met them and that's when I decided I wanted to work at Hastings. Um, but it was like I would say the majority of them didn't work at Hastings. We just were hang hanging out there all the time. That's what I did. Yeah. Hastings for me was more about the movies than the music. Yes. But I had a whole bunch of friends that would go up there at least once a week and use the listening stations and before they did their own album, before they bought the album, before it came out and all that. And, and, and tell our younger listeners what listening stations are, Brad. So what we would call any caps in the retail game. Uh, they would have four we're or so five. so official here. <laughs> I worked at Best Buy. We were a little better. Basically. In the retail game. <laughs> no, but uh, basically at the end of the aisle, there was, you know, buttons where you could preview. And they had headphones where you could listen to the albums before you bought them. Because dropping 20 bucks on a disc was a big deal when you're 16. And so you could tell if you liked it. If you want to listen to the rest of it, they had previews. You know, mm -hmm. now you just hit your iTunes button and it plays 30 seconds for you before and you buy you it. And then you spend a dollar yeah. on that song. <laughs> yeah. You had to actually drive to the store and do that I in know. 1995. It's a big commitment. No, no, I do remember they, they actually changed a policy at Hastings because of me. Um, so you could, every employee in the store could like, they call them strip books. And uh, so it was like Sexy. mass market paperbacks and like if after a certain period of time that they'd been there and like if you had a certain number of them, you could strip the cover off and like you'd sign it, you'd get your manager to sign it and they'd like send those covers back to the publisher because the publisher didn't want the books back and it was too expensive to ship the books back. So like that was like a perk of working there. You got um, ripped up books? Yeah, with, like, no cover. Um, but, so there are a lot of people in the store that didn't read, because, you know, like, it's a it's a music store, it's a movie sure. store. Um, so I knew all the people that didn't read, and so I'd, like, have this pile of strip books that I wanted, and I just every week would go around, and, like, the people that didn't read, I'd, like, strip off the cover and get them to sign it, and then get the manager to sign it. I relied on my friends a lot to kind of tell it. me what music I liked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I, we all rode in cars back then, and we all had... Albums and yeah. books of CDs sitting in the floorboard. I did too. And I just kind of let them pick for me. I never really bought them. I just mm -hmm. listened to whatever they had. Um, School of Rock was really big for me because you remember when he's like teaching them music on the like okay. on the blackboard and he's writing it down. I just paused it and I wrote all that shit down. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna listen to these and see if I like them. And I liked a lot of them. Brad, did you work anywhere cool like that? <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, I, I started at Brahms, and then I was really excited to get to work at the mall. I did work at the mall, and I worked at Saparo's Pizza, and it was like the best bartering system in the world, so I did get some free music and stuff like that, because we traded pizza for everything in the mall. I can talk about this now, because it no longer exists in our mall. <laughs> uh, I hadn't paid for a movie since like 1995 at Cinemark, or whatever it is, Carmike at the mall. Um, no, after that I went to Best Buy, worked there when they first opened up here in Wichita Falls, and then from there I went to Lowe's. So, <laughs> when did you come you to Union Square? You excited about Lowe's. What? What? <laughs> You're like, then I worked at Lowe's, yeah. your face just kind of crumpled. Because it wasn't like this Empire Records, like, no chemistry I was, with people. I was the, Lowe's is like my music town of my life. <laughs> I had to wear a red apron. And, Wait on these stupid people, and I knew nothing about home improvement at the time. <laughs> and now uh, Union Square came along about 15 years ago. Uh, that was more, it was basically retail because I started on the base at Fort Seal National Bank where we sold checking accounts. And so, and then I just got tired of that and moved over to Union Square because they were across the parking lot. And me and Brad worked together for a little bit in a drive-thru at Union Square. And we talked about movies every day. <laughs> that was that was the Empire Records of your of your life. And it wasn't nearly as cool as the break room. Y'all weren't even there. Y'all didn't even work in a music store. Or we movie had like store. a fifteen by six cave that we worked in, in the drive-thru <laughs> at Union Square. But it was cool because we could talk like this because when you when you're out front, you're face to face with the customers. customers. Ours were 50 feet in front of us in a drive-thru. In an intercom. In an intercom. Yeah. So we could, we could turn it off and say whatever we wanted. And, then, and we made fun of a lot of people. <laughs> Everyone. So everything we've suspected is true. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, for a, being judged at every moment. 
Yeah, for a bit I worked at the buckle and it was like that. It was like it was like this movie where it's like everyone got along, everyone was like friends and stuff. But really they're really like creepy, crazy things like people having sex in the coffee room. There wasn't anything happening. Well <laughs> he was probably doing some stuff like that, but like I, I wasn't I wasn't there, I just heard about it. Um but really, I mean I'm sure you glad you said this last time. <laughs> <No. laughs> you completely a, identified. <laughs> you know, I think when you're a kid, you think, <laughs> when I work somewhere, it's going to be like that. It's going to be like these movies. You're, everyone you, you work with is going to be like awesome or like a friend. Now I'm like lucky if I have one person I like at work. Yeah. And like that's like, you know, the, the I won the lottery. If there's one person I can't, that, that, that's like I don't hate. Hastings ruined me because like we all were super close or the majority of us were super close. And it's like. When it closed, we were all, like, reaching out to... We don't live in the same town, like, all this stuff. We're still reaching out to each other, like, crying about it. And, like, those were some of the best years, you know. It was such a great time working there. And, and it feels like those early jobs that you have, you're all kind of the same age. You don't have a family yet or anything. So the job is a big part of your identity, yet it hasn't, like, turned into a grind yet. It's just, like, some kind of easy money while you're, you know, it's it, that's what's kind of like... Money. Yeah, I will say kind of, that, like... I de definitely had a manager like Joe. Like, Bobby was the most incredible manager. He would back you up. There would be somebody shitty at the register that's, like, just terrible, and you're being real nice, and, like, they're like, I want to talk to your manager. And you're like, okay. So you call him up there, and then you'd, like, go, like, you kind of, like, catch him before he got there, and you'd be like, this is what's going down, Bobby. And it didn't matter what they said. He was going to back you up, like, no matter what, 100%. Manager Mike at Sabaros was the same way. It we, was we had liquor in the freezer. I mean, <laughs> we all had keys to the back door. Uh, yeah. I missed that. It was amazing. I haven't had that <clears> since. <throat> like I worked at American Eagle in Dallas, and the manager Gary and I went to the same high school. And he was from the same same town as me. Um, he was really into cool music, movies, and books. Anything he recommended, I like went out and got. Um, he was less concerned about my sales at work and everything, and like he was, or how well I could like fold a T-shirt. Um, but he wanted, he was talking about how I could be like better creatively and how I could go about doing that and like a career and like go to film school or whatever. So I mean, Gary was like a unicorn. I mean, you, don't, you just don't get bosses like that like ever, you know. Which is why you're still in touch with him, and we love him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is from the BuzzFeed article that Shannon mentioned with the um, description when Carol. Heikinen reached working age in her hometown of Phoenix. She got a job at the coolest possible place for a high school kid, Tower Records. When she was in college, she spent her summer working at another Tower Records, this one on Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. It was through these experiences that Heikinen wrote the script for Empire Records, then titled simply Empire. You could just call her Anne. As she, as she told me over her email, she tried to write a story like the Richard Pryor classic Car Wash which took place over one day at a car wash, only at a record store. I want to show how the employees were a family and how for some of them, the minimum wage job would be the best job they ever had. Yes. I, I, like, when I look at my favorite jobs, it is not the ones where I'm making any kind of money at. Oh, yeah. No, well, who were we talking to the other day? It was Amibal at uh, Pets. You know, he's, like, talking about all these kids, because, like, some of Scotty's kids have gone to work for Pets. And they're like a family there, you know? They're like, they back each other up. It's like an amazing place to work. And he's like, this is the only place they've ever known. They've never had a crappy boss. They've never had shitty, like, co-workers, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lucky right now. I'm going to leave the name of my business off of this. <laughs> but I work with a lot of friends. Like, some of my co-workers go back as far as first grade right now. Mm -hmm. You're in the best situation. Yeah, I yes. got a really good job right now. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And we get to make money. And you get to make money. That's like that's. It's almost like a side benefit, you know. It's like yeah. not the most important part there. No, not at all. You know, yeah, and yeah. that's it's funny because like everybody thinks or like I feel like employers think like money is the thing, you know, and it's not. It's the culture. It's the culture, and these places are creating these awesome cultures and the people that work there, and. I did, I got really lucky. I I trained for my job without knowing it because. <laughs> All the stuff I did in high school and everything, and every job I had going up to the job I'm in right now, which I considered my current job my career. Mm -hmm. Everything else was a job. And I'll never do anything different than what I do now. But mm -hmm. Yeah.
So we're gonna get back to the movie right now. Okay, nah. that's fine. I know, we were supposed oh, to go oh, personal right now. Are we right supposed, to, are we supposed to talk about the movie? Well, well, no, no, no. We, so long. We, we, I know. We, we, we need we, to we, catch we, up. I, we, I, I asked Shannon before. I was like, "Hey, we're gonna do some personal stuff in the podcast. Do you want it to be at the end or at the top?" She's like, "Do so at the top." We definitely do. So I'm like, I, I'm reeling us back into the movie now, right okay. now. Okay. okay. Definitely. So Warner Brothers didn't want to promote this movie. They had no ad campaign, no Hollywood premiere. It showed up on VHS and cable, and that's how people found it. Director Alan Moyle had done Pub of the Volume, wanted to make Empire <laughs> Records an R movie, and the studio made it PG-13. How is this movie better or worse if it's R? I guess you're seeing a lot of, more of Renee Zellweger. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be spanks underneath that. No. Orange apron she had. No, she wouldn't be. No, she wouldn't be wearing underwear. You could have shown the full Rex Manning video. Exactly. You know, it would have turned into a maybe that's why she's making out with that like photocopied record of Rex Manning instead of like the real picture. Who lived Tyler? Yeah. (laughs) Instead of like the real picture that was on the front of that album. It's PG thirteen. Yeah. Um, like when you compare pump up the volume to Empire Records, you know, pump up the volume is something I've seen. I haven't seen it a million times. You know, um, it's good. It has young Christian Slater carrying it. Yeah. But Empire Records is it's just more watch rewatchable. It's fun. Yeah. Pump of the Volume is like kind of serious. Like, the only you similarity know. I see between the two is the whole damn the man kind of thing. You know, he's trying to be a rebel. You know, he doesn't want to conform to the rest of the disc jockey world that's out there. And so, you know, they're trying to not be con- as conformist. I think that's the bit main difference is it's like individual and then group, yeah. you know, because this movie, it's definitely, it's a, it's a family. It's a group, you know, and how they all kind of come together. And, and one thing we talked about while we were watching it, when the music's playing throughout, there's a huge soundtrack in this movie. Yeah. But everybody is so unique and how they move to music and how they dance to music. And every scene, whether it's the customers or the employees or whatever, they just, as soon as that music comes on, you're just, there's a three-inch bubble around your whole body that nobody can enter. And you You're in your own world. Yeah, it's perfect. Yep, and that's why those listening booths are, like, amazing. Oh, I've never been in a store with a listening no, booth. No, me either. But I, I've seen it in this there, movie. There, there was blockbuster music that you could... I'm really jealous. They would open up the CD and then, like, let you listen to it, and you, you could be, like, give you some $35 thing, and you'd be like, yeah, I'm not into this. And, like, what? This was, like, a collector's edition, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and hence, they're not open anymore. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. That's where the digital music... Maybe they should have planned better right. for what was happening. They True. did. Yeah. That's, that's when it I mean, went I w- digital. I, I mean, I would have bought $10 CDs the rest of my life. Yeah, but when stuff was like $17, $18, mm-hmm. like, it's like, and it's like, maybe there's one good song on here. It's like, yeah. Um, well, I think that that really made it vulnerable to the whole digital music takeover. Yeah, it's like you could just download it or listen to it online before you bought it. You let's, know? let's talk about favorite characters in the movie. Okay. Let's just like go through these, okay? So just say like yes or no. If you, they're like in your top five. Top five favorite. Top characters? five favorites. Okay. All right, Joe. Yes. Yes. Lucas. Yes. Mm-hmm. AJ. No. No. Corey. No. No. Gina. No. No. Deb. Yeah. yeah. Top yeah. five, yeah. She'd yeah. be like five. <laughs> Mark? Yes. Yeah. Yes, a yes. thousand times yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's number one. <laughs> he's the hero. I feel like he's number one and Joe is number two. You know? Warren? Uh, no. I like Warren a lot. I like Warren a lot. I like, because he's the next generation at the end of this film. Like, he's taking Lucas's spot. He is. He's, he's going to devote his life to Ooh, that store. Yeah. If this is like a 10-episode Netflix series. He took yeah. him under his wing. They should do this. Because, like, Joe's going to become Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Lucas will run the store, like, Monday to Friday. Yeah. yeah. And then Warren's going to be, like, closing up every once in a while. He'll be, he'll be the next like person to blow the money. Joe won't be as shitty as Mitchell. True. No, yeah. but, but he, he will, actually loves but, music. But he, he won't be people. he won't be there day to day. Sure. Yeah. He'll be like overlord. He'll be eight to five. Yeah. You gotta have a night shift manager. Mm-hmm. Is Empire Records slow at all, especially for being like just a ninety minute movie? Did you forget no. Jane? 
You brought Jane. Okay, is Jane your favorite character, Brad? <laughs> no. You can totally... What about you, Shannon? <laughs> well, no. What, why, you're, so, you're such a hard-ass on, like, asking it. I, I don't think we should leave her out. We need to vote on it. The only thing we talked about in the whole movie was her hat. We did. I mean, and like, how Shannon actually, would be wearing it. And how shitty her eyes look. like, there's Shannon with her hat. And Brad's like, her eyes are freaking me out. <laughs> She needs she to take off all that makeup because it's flipping crazy. I think Jane's cool. She is cool. I don't know what her purpose was. Like I don't even know what her job was in this movie. It's to be Joe's love interest. Yes. But they didn't even follow up on that. That's okay. They, they didn't, didn't follow, follow up on like up on a million things in this movie. <laughs> They're, the most of the like love stories, you're just like, why is this even here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So is this movie slow at all? I what, don't you, think so. you don't think so, Brad? No, I don't. I don't either. I mean, yeah. with the and with the right company like we had today, we just moved right on through it. Like, yeah, we did. And I'm a little no, I am notorious for like falling asleep sometimes during movies. Mm -hmm. I have no problem during this one. Uh, yeah. I feel like sometimes it can get slow. I think it kind of. I think the love it, story like scenes. the the stuff with AJ, the stuff with like Corey, like kind of like it just kind of like takes me out of it. Like I want all the stuff like. You want the camaraderie. The, the veto power like on, veto, on like, playing yeah. the music and the shoplifting thing and, like, all those, like, intricacies of, like, working in a store, working retail, um, all, all of the, all of, all of that. Like, Joe playing the drums when he's, like, pissed off at everything and, like, everyone's singing, everyone's dancing to it. Like, I want all of that. Like, I don't care about this, like, kind of normal stuff they try to cram into any other teen films, you know. Um, so, favorite part, favorite part of the movie, Brad? Ooh, shoplifting scene. Oh, that's good. Um, guess I see them shoplifting. Okay. It blocked us to music. I didn't work there, but I was like there all the time. Some guy like busted out. Okay. And it was like, I think the guy's name is Michael. I like how Scotty yeah, is real personal in this whole podcast. He's like calling people Mike, out. Mike Littkin's not Bye listening name. to this podcast. He busted out running after this dude in the mall. Like, just, like, full speed. Didn't get it. Didn't get the guy. But, like... He's like Lucas. He's kind of like Lu he's cool. Lucas. But it's like... Like, you know Lucas what? was there. Anywhere I worked, they were like, don't do anything if someone's shoplifting. Even though they want you... They're really okay. big on, like, loss prevention and all this stuff. Like, they don't really want you... You've got no teeth. I don't think it was big. No, no, they're saying that because they like it's a liability. Yeah. Of if, course if, if you actually do something. Of course so it's a liability, so but they do like, want to like be up your ass about it. No, all the time they're about. like, so we want you to do stuff, but not do stuff. Capiche? So I did think it was like so awesome that that this dude like just like chased full speed at this guy. Absolutely. And even after they caught him, you could tell they had done this multiple mm -hmm. times. They had like the camera, Polaroid camera ready. Oh, and she was, like, announcing it? She yeah. was like, you will see to your left. Like, as soon as Mark saw him taking off up the stairs, he knew it was a shoplifter. Yep. And any scene with Mark was my Mark, favorite. That's, <laughs> you stole my line. That was, when Scotty got to me, Shannon, what's your favorite part? I'd be like, anything with Mark. Also, veto power. I love the veto power. It gives them minimum wage, I'm assuming, you know, power in the store. To where they, they feel like they've got to say. When they start with the M&M's, they have to match an uh -huh. M&M to be able to pick the music. Exactly. You know, it gives them power. It gives them a say. I'm assuming they get one per day because of the yeah. first thing yeah. is like, You're you want to right burn this like right now? Yeah. At 9 a.m.? <laughs> what, what did you say, Brad, about like, um, how it was like 9.30 in the morning, they've been open for 30 minutes and they're already... Well, we're just sitting there watching the movie and then... Uh, is it the Gina? Gina? No, 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 no. Uh, Deb? Deb comes in. And she's like changing out the register with Lynn And we're like, you character. just opened. You only have it 30 minutes. Like, I want that job. Yeah. <laughs> we're on break already. They were on break this whole movie. Yeah. I want that job. I love I'm on break Mark the whole movie. It's like, help me, help me, help me. Because <laughs> they're like having a fake funeral. <laughs> For Deb, when we're at Union Square, sometimes we have like the instant message thing. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you just be like, yeah, I need help or whatever. And no one would come help me. I'd be like, hey, I need help. I'm up here in the front. Like, uh, like nothing. Nothing would happen. Cricket. Um, when they save the store, that's it's like. Kinda, no, that's kind of like that scene. No, I want to go back to that. <laughs> it's kind of like that scene, though, where he's like, help me, help me, help me. Nobody's like running up to the store. They're all like kind of just looking around at each other. And he's like, 
I got this, boss. You know, like nobody, there's no urgency whatsoever, even though this is supposed and to be their entire. As soon as AJ goes up there, Mark comes back to the back. Yeah, he's there. just like hanging this out. Is, this is supposedly their entire reason for being there is like working in the store, making money, and they're like, they're like, I nah, a, I think I we're going to have a, this fake funeral. <laughs> I think it's a competition to see who can be in the back room the longest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's as much like square footage in their break room as there is in the front <laughs> The lobby. whole store. Yeah. When, okay, sorry. When they, when they save the store, Go. it's like my favorite part. The music, like everything about it. I think I feel like if that wasn't in this movie, I would forget about this movie when I saw it when I was 16. I feel like it's like so incredible. Shannon, um, should every nonprofit or downtown business pull a Save the Empire event? No, there are too many events and nonprofits. Not like this. You know, you can't make everything like this because this is like, this was like a thing like save us, you know, uh, this is like a last ditch effort, save us from the man, you know? And so they're like, yeah, we're going to do that. You know what? If you're having that every week, you're not going to go out for that because it's you're going to be like, it's like those stores that are called going out of business, right? but they're, that's, they're, that's up, the they're open the for the next like they're, six yeah. months. Like no, they're open for like years. <laughs> shops at pennies because it's buy one, get one free every weekend. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, no, no. Like the market is flooded with nonprofit events. People are evented out. Okay. So now, so now. no. Okay. Now. All right. Who has the best career out of all these actors in this movie? Renee Zellweger. She she goes into Jerry Maguire like right after yeah. this, and then she's in Bridget Jones like a few years later, and she has a good run there. Mm. I mean, Liv Tyler's in Armageddon, but she's not really in anything else Mark's after that. Stuff. Lord of the Rings. What is he in, Shannon? I can't remember. <laughs> I know he's in some stuff. He's in he's that in, thing you do. He was a Dutch. Dutch. That was in 1992. <laughs> Thanks, that was, Brad. That was before Empire Records. <laughs> Thanks for helping me out, Brad. <laughs> Help her out some more. She does not know anything else I he's know. been in. I know. I know he's been in stuff. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Other than like Dazed and Confused, I don't know what other movies Lucas has been in. Roy Cochran? Yeah. I mean, Roy Cochran is great in Dazed and Confused. He's great in this. Like... What the hell happened to him? He was in 24 at some point. It was just like some... The TV series 24? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as opposed to like the Lord of the Rings 24 or whatever you're thinking. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, the 24 series. Um, Scotty getting hardcore. <laughs> oh, we're good. But uh, yeah, so we're, Rory Cochran. Yeah, I wish he was in more stuff. I maybe most successful would be Renee Zellweger. Yeah, that's maybe, a little sad. Maybe Mark, he... I don't know. Mark Mark was in some stuff. I just can't think of what it was. It's, we're trying to make Mark happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh. Okay. I'm going to throw something out here. Okay. Producer said Angelina Jolie auditioned, and she was too much. She was overpowering. For what part? The three girl roles. For all three of them? Well, they she read for all of them. Because they were like, oh. oh, maybe we can put her in here. Um, I feel what, like she would have been cool as Deb. Okay. When I look at it, there's only one role for her to play, and it's Lucas. Ah! She gets to do all the great things. Um, that character's more developed than the other characters, yeah, she's if you like. Serious. She gets to be dark and crazy and wild, and like the best Angelina Jolie movies are the ones where she's like kamikaze, yes. where she's just going for it. I think if she had been um, Deb, like she would have succeeded in the suicide. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like like method acting, like she's yeah. actually it's. It, she I mean, actually took that chick pink razor and was yeah. like trying it out. Like part of Deb's character is, is she didn't really she wants want the to attention die. and she just wants to make sure she's where she wants to be in her life. But yeah, Angel Jolie would have been the real Deb that she was trying to portray, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think she's got to be Lucas. I like that. I like this. Oh, we should make a remake. Yes. Well, we're gonna get to that. And Angelina um, Jolie could be in it. You're could, welcome, Angelina. Like Jane, Jane with a secret past. She, yeah. she, she would have looked really cool with all those hats yeah. and those crazy eyes. She would have pulled that Maybe off. Angelina Jolie was in the guar scene. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, the AJ and Corey love story is like Ooh. the weakest link Ooh. in this movie Awful. to me. And I feel like this is Awful. the kind of thing that's in my wheelhouse. The whole Lloyd Dobler thing, everything. And it just, 
I just don't love this at all. Neither one of the characters, though. I mean, there's no reason to be like, oh, this is why he's in love with her. Oh, this is why. We never she knew why they were best friends. We don't know why they're mm -hmm. best friends. We don't know really anything about them. Um, as but we're learning it as they're learning it about each other. So it's like that's not believable. I don't know. It's just you don't see any motivation on any of that, which is why all the love stories are the weakest part about it because it's like they threw them in for good measure. They're like, hey, this is a movie about teenagers. You know what teenagers love? Like, love. I don't know. Love. <laughs> are there too many characters in this movie? If you're cutting some characters out, you can have more screen time for other characters. So who are you taking out if we're going to take some people out? Um, so let, let, let me put some people in here. AJ? Possibly. You want to cut him? Or is he more kind of like, he's kind of grounded, more grounded than my, these other characters? He's like a normal think, guy. I immediately think I would cut scenes, but not the character. Okay. Oh, I, I think we could cut AJ. You know, like, I mean, we've already said that the love story between him and, like, Liv Tyler was, like, super weak. Um, what else does he do? He goes up to try to he fix the sign. the sign. He doesn't fix the <laughs> sign. He doesn't fix the sign, though. He's so I feel like he's one. superfluous in this entire movie. Is he painting the sign? Is that what he's doing? No, but like the whole store is covered in his artwork. Somebody else can have that. Let, let's give okay. that to Deb. You know, like she but, can do it. What, 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 about, what about Burko? She's making the buttons. Yeah. We can cut him. Yeah. He's gone. Which one was Burko? Burko's Deb's the guy. Boyfriend. Burko is Liv Tyler's stepdad who made it into this movie. Um, <laughs> he's, he's the guy with the he's Deb's no, boyfriend with the long dark hair. He's lame. Guitar player. What did he do? He's like I do I like his look. Do. I do like his looks when he's like they're like oh I'm with Rex Manning. He's like I don't really um, or just somebody else like that. See what you're doing um, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not um, <laughs> this is not video, Scotty. What about Warren? Uh, you need Warren. I think we need Warren. Yeah. I think we need Warren. Yeah, because it tells us like where these people came from, how they came to work there. It also, They're all misfits. I also think it helped build the character of Lucas for the fact that like he didn't get in trouble for stealing the money, but Warren's getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. It also says a lot more about like Joe, though. But also Luca, Lucas becoming Joe, because Lucas yeah. is the one that makes his name tag. You know? No, 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 no. no, no, no. AJ, no. Made like, AJ made the name tag. See, Lucas could have told Lucas could, it was artistic. What are you talking about? He like typed he knows it out. How to use the glue gun. <laughs> how to use the glue gun? See, okay. Lucas could have totally done that. Another way, like AJ was totally. Lucas not couldn't leave the couch. He couldn't have done anything. Else. He took the what, couch. What about with what him. about Eddie? Do we need Eddie? Mm. Only for a couple of scenes. He was kind of like a floating Jimmy Cricket to me. I mean, somebody else could have this. You know, we yeah. could sure. merge this into somebody else's character. Just had Eddie's character be Mark. Throw Eddie's lines into Mark. Yeah. yeah. Replace him with like a fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Gina. No, no we need her. Have, we need we Gina. Need her. You gotta have that fight. No, no, you need those three female characters because they are all like a different side of the same coin. Like you've got Gina and Liv Tyler. Well, you've got Renee Zellweger and Liv Tyler. And they're like two sides of the same coin. You've got like virgin and whore, you know? And you've got them both Turbo trying... Turbo slut was the you, term they used in the you movie. Got... <laughs> <laughs> but they both say, they're like, they both think that the other one is doing what they want with their life. They're both, like, they both think that about each other. Because like, Gina thinks that Liv is like, She's going to Harvard, you know? I think and every character is like that in this movie, except is. for Lucas. But females are different in movies because you've got like one of those two characters. You've got like, you do, you have like virgin of war. That's, that's generally what you've got. The fact that this one also has Deb, who's like this kind of just like doesn't know what the fuck is going on, you know? Like, I mean, that's, I that's a big word step. on the podcast. That's a big step. <laughs> It's a big step for this movie we because just I mean, war, so female wise, you know, it's a huge step that those aren't the only two female characters. I mean, because I mean, y'all are dudes, so y'all don't get this as much, but that's what you see, particularly, I mean, in the 90s and yeah. any time before and that. Now, and now, and Let's now. Let's not act like. Well, yeah, you see some that are a little more progressive now, but. Then that's all you saw. And so it was impressive to me that Deb was like as big a character as she was. Mark? 
We gotta have one. I'm giving y'all a softball right here. Everybody's like, okay. We're gonna hit that one out of the park. And and Lucas. I feel like we need Lucas. We need Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, okay. Um and now and I forgot about the ending of this movie. And when I I forgot about that whole line where he just says the word perfect. So I feel like Mark saved the store, but Lucas is actually the hero of the book. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't even say Joe. Like, I mean, come on. Joe's my Joe. favorite. I know. We gotta have Joe. I know. We have to have Joe. Joe's but... my favorite now that I'm in my 30s. Right. Almost uh, 40s. Yeah, almost 40s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before, I, who were you? If we watched this in 95, I would have probably... You're Lucas. I'm Lucas, yeah. I really am. I'm freaking Mark. <laughs> or Eddie. I'm probably like freaking Liv Tyler. <laughs> Taking speed and like keeping up. On I don't think you were into your grades that much, Shannon. Let's get real. Uh, she wasn't into her grades that much. She's taking speed. She's like, I can do it with speed. You're trying to get it done in class, like in some other class. Yeah, like, you weren't like she up was all night. The speed to like study at home. Like, you take the speed to read a book. <laughs> My parents didn't think Harvard was an option. <laughs> <laughs> they said you can go to MSU for two hours. Yeah, <laughs> two hours. <laughs> okay. Where does Empire Records rank as far as 90s teen movies? I'm going to give you some options here. Okay. Days and Confused, American Pie, She's All That, Scream, I know what you did last summer, Varsity Blues, Can't Hardly Wait, This is too Clueless. many for us to remember. Yeah. How are you going to remember I'm, I'm all these? Like a lot. I, I, like, I like Days and Confused better. Days and Confused is a classic, and yeah. it's like, I think it, it crushes anything else in the 90s. Yeah. You have your own... <laughs> I want yours. <laughs> I didn't like. I don't like like she's all that. I love she's all that. I liked Varsity Blues. Mm. Uh, I love Clueless. Can't hardly wait. No, I don't like. Who's the main? Nathan Embry is in that. He's the guy with the letter to Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's Mark. Oh yeah. Mark's in that movie? Okay, See? I like it. I See? like it. I like Remember it. Remember when Scotty <laughs> was like, Mark's not in anything. He was in two things before this movie. <laughs> No. I liked uh, Clueless. She saw that. Mm, all the things you didn't like. In- inter- <laughs> interesting tidbit. The movie studio that made Empire Records, they had this like ready to go. And like Amy Heckerling, the director of Clueless, was like, hey, I want you to do this movie for me. And like, yeah, we, we don't want to be like the teen movie company. And then like Clueless ends up making like $60 million like with somebody else. Like, I think every movie you just named, I don't think I would watch them by myself. <clears throat> but if I like had to watch them on a date or a, a podcast. Time, <laughs> 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 I, like, I like Empire. I like Days of uh-huh. But yeah, the rest of them, whatever. I don't know. Like, Clueless, like, it comes off as, I don't know, they're completely vapid and everything. But I love, I mean, it's based uh, on a classical book. It's like all of those same, same themes. Yeah. It's yeah, Emma. It's based on Emma. I don't know what that is, but I read that. I don't know. I didn't you know, know about ripped books or whatever either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I read like the required reading in high school. It's a Jane Austen novel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. Okay. Um, okay. If no, and all everything that is in Emma, all of the themes, all of the things that happen, that's all in Clueless. And so when you put those things side by side, it becomes a lot like, more interesting. I like Paul Rudd and I like Turk from Scrubs. Well, let me I tell like you. All those people. <laughs> so if we're remaking Empire Records with like a 90s dream team cast okay. of people, who do you want in there? I'm going to give you some options. Jason London, who was pink from Days and Confused. He's like, like the, he's, like, op- he's the quarterback. I feel like all of these options are going to be like Scotty's dream team people. <laughs> well, I made the list. I'm throwing people in here. Um, people who were in big movies. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I almost would like her better than Liv Tyler. Maybe. What do you think, Shannon? I think that's only because she's blonde. I don't know what that yeah. means, but okay. Uh, it, means, it, means, it means that you see, <laughs> it means that the majority of like female, like m- main characters in these like romantic comedies or whatever, they're blonde because that appeals to the widest range of people. Okay. Nev Campbell. Mm. She's not blonde. As long as she dated Mark, I don't care. Um, <laughs> what about Matthew Lillard? Give me an example. Um, he was the guy in Scream. The, he was the killer that wasn't good looking. He's the, the guy. Weird looking one? He was also, yeah, he's yeah. also in She's All That. Yeah, he, he's like. Doesn't he do the weird dance? He's the one who's that? like, I'm bleeding out, man, uh, or whatever. Or like, oh. that guy. That guy could have been in this movie. Yeah, like he was in Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah, honestly, he was. Honestly, yeah. he could have been Mark. 
He could have been Mark. He could have. He could have been Mark. He could have been good in that. Do you, do we want Alicia Silverstone in this movie? No. Mm -mm. Nobody. No. 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 I, I don't. Yeah. It's like I, I almost think she could be like Liv Tyler character, but like not so much because she wouldn't bring. Oh, what was? Is it, it because was, Corey is such a poorly written character? No, I just don't like Alicia Silverstone. No, I'm talking about like Corey. Like I mean. No, I don't think it's because she's a poorly written character. I think uh, Liv Tyler is supposed to be like the character that everybody's in love with and everybody is in love with, but that's like not who she is, you know? And she's pissed off because everybody keeps putting her in this like pigeonhole of like, this is what you're supposed to do with your life. This is, you know, you're supposed to be like this. And she's like, no. And that's why she's working at Empire Records. <laughs> I, do, I do think she overreacts a little bit. Like all that was said on the card was like, good luck in Harvard. And she's like, is that all he ever wants? I'm like, you're overthinking it a little bit. Your dad just sent you some flowers to work. Like, smile. I think that's the thing, like, in a movie, it's like, we need this one line, line of dialogue to show you, like, what her life is like. Exactly. And it, it's like, he's sending her flowers. He's not saying, like, you're doing a great job. I'm so proud of you. You know what I mean? He's, like, very definitely saying, like, these are my expectations yeah, for you. Yeah, he's a bad and father. And she's taking freaking speed to try to keep up with people's expectations. And she's like, you know what? Even with speed, not enough. <laughs> I just made cupcakes, damn it. <laughs> what about Paul Rudd in this movie? I would love to see Paul Rudd in yes. this movie. Yes. Maybe it's Joe. Joe would be great. Um, yeah, maybe even Lucas. He could even pull off Lucas. He could I, pull I off Lucas. He could. he could do both. Even Mitch. Yeah, in Clueless, he was dark even like Mitch. Lucas. <laughs> um, what about who's the stoner kid in Clueless? He's in he's in Road Trip. He's in like oh yeah. I mean I feel like he could have been in this movie. The skateboarder. Uh huh. I feel like Brittany Murphy from Clueless could have been, been in good. this movie. Uh, she would have been good in this movie. She would have been good. <clears throat> so looking at this, there aren't a lot of like great teen actors in the '90s. It feels like we had like this well of great actors and performances, like all the John Hughes movies. I mean we had like. John Cusack, we had James Spader, we had Molly Ringwald, Jed Nelson, we had like everybody, like every performance in those movies seems to be like incredible. In the 90s, we have all these movies and it's just like, no one's like a big deal, you know? I feel like Molly Ringwald could have been dead. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen her shave her head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so like back to this BuzzFeed article. <laughs> it said... Watching the film today, the missing connective tissue, much of it cut after Moyle g gave over his director's cut to Regency, becomes clear. Some storylines float in the wind. Why does Jane leave Rex Manning? Who is Burko? Does Eddie actually work at the store? While others, like Lucas's trip to Atlantic City, feel ham-fisted. There's also a tonal disconnect between the more obvious attempts at gener Generation X authenticity and the sentimentality of various scenes in the film's ending. So, do you feel like they... This, there was not enough in here, or do you think that they the things cut are fine and you don't worry about like Eddie? I think there are things that don't belong in here, like the whole like Jane leaving Rex. Because I mean, really, the only motivation that we see in the movie for that is that <clears throat> people don't like Rex, and she's like, wait, what? People don't like Rex? I quit. You know, like, and but you sh they make her out to be a more badass character than that. Yeah. You know, but I mean, like that's why she's leaving. Or so we see. There's so many short stories like that that this movie would be eight hours long. They don't, but they just don't flush any of them. Ten episode Netflix series. There we go. Here we go. Netflix series, but you know, like they could have cut several of these and fleshed some more of them out to where they maybe made a little more more sense to where we see the motivations. I just want to bring up some of the stuff that um, was talked about while we were watching the film. Is video killed the radio star? And Brad, what were you saying? That was when they first, all the employees found out that they were going to become a music town. And then Video Killed the Radio Star was the first video played on MTV, which kind of killed radio. Oh. And so it was a little metaphor right. there. And, and, and do we think that that's like pretending what is to come? You know? That might like be forecasting like the end of all of this. Because all of the music stores, you know. The like, gin blossoms, everything from the 90s in this movie is dead. Yeah. You know? Something bigger is going to happen and it's going to wipe you out. The I, teens aren't like this now. The man is coming for you. I bought a car three months ago. There's not a CD player in it. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Sad. 
What were you saying about... Um, Scotty's going to make me like mixed USBs or something. I don't know. <laughs> Flash drives? Yeah. <laughs> Even that's like old it's like, school it's now. old. You'd have to make me like a mix like something and like text it to I'm going to give her a syringe <laughs> to inject into her head um, for the songs. It's going to be weird. Um, what did you say about Bed Bath and Bidet that Mitch was talking about with Rex uh, Manning? Yeah. And how that... That's like what Mitch is. Oh, he's full of shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he wants to sell toilets for a living like his father did. He's like, no, his, no, his father was what, who's... Oh, he's a beatnik. His grandfather's like, oh, if I was, if I was selling toilets right now, I'd be a millionaire or yeah. whatever. No, it's yeah. just like a simple um, full of shit. Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what AJ says, you know, because you and me, Brad, we've been like, you know, we, we've been pumped up to go tell a girl how we feel about her. Um, and you got to do what you got to do, and you kind of like. Does AJ do a good job of what he says to to Corey? No. No. Now, what does he say to her? I, I, I'm straight. It sounds up. like a test, Scotty. Well, yeah. we talked about it. So I'm straight up friend zone with any girl I've ever talked to ever. First of all, his timing was horrible because she just like showed her mismatched panties to Rex Manning. <laughs> so judgy. Hey. <laughs> You've what? never had to wear a bra. <laughs> you have to match all that shit. It's terrible. If you're about to seduce a dude, like if you're putting the whole evening into getting ready for the next morning, and then Renee Zellweger has to give you a colored bra to look better. Anyway, so on the roof, he tells her, he, sa he says like, you know what? I thought, you know what? She's got that blue skirt on, and I hate oh. that blue skirt. <laughs> and if I could love you with that blue skirt. <laughs> you, dress like, you dress like crap, but I'm still in love with you. Yeah. yeah, he could have done better on that. That's crap. Well, no, and I mean, that entire scene, it was, I, th I think it really um, made it more visible that none of this was about her. It was all about him because anytime she wanted to say anything, he was like, no, no. And he's not listening to her. So he's like not into her. He's just into uh, the idea of her, which is her entire problem is that everybody's got this idea on what she should be, who she should be, and who they are because she's, Awesome. That's but, a very good point, and I do agree with it. Uh, I feel <laughs> like there's a big butt. <laughs> but, okay, you got a big butt when a guy is in the friend when, when, when a guy is like trying to like make the move and try to say, "I love you" or "I'm interested in you" or whatever, like it's so. It's, a chick should totally automatically like be like, "Sure, that sounds good." No, oh, no, no, that's not no, what I'm no. saying. What I'm saying is like a lot of times guys don't know how to like maneuver that and we're just like oh there's something weird happening here i'm just gonna pop i'm gonna go power through this you know the, we don't know what we need to do we, there's no education on that for men at all however i will say yeah even with that being true that does not put the burden of responsibility on her it doesn't right? we're just saying we're saying he okay. did a bad job we're just saying men are bad in general about this <laughs> we're awful okay. we're awful, we're awful. I think I'll agree with that. <laughs> Except for Mark. He's awesome. Except for Mark. I feel like if Mark like came to you and was just like, you know what? I love you. And they'd be like, I'm so sorry, what? Mark. And he'd be like, oh my God, are you okay? Mark doesn't do that. Mark just stares at his prey and then reaches in to kiss him while they're at a And kisses station. her foot. It kisses her foot. Yeah. And grabs their feet. And no, but I mean like even the chick in that, she's not like, oh my God, get away from me. She's like, like weirded out and place. charmed she's charmed and weirded out at the same time and you can tell because it's like he's so pure he's like the purest character in this whole movie closing thoughts on empire records i i could watch it again right now it moves that fast enough for me and i had a good time i'm, I'm glad they got that sign working it's my dream to do a rooftop rock show <laughs> All right. I would okay. come to that. I would come to that. You would come to that. I would come to that. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. More mac and cheese movies on their way. Email us at mac and cheese movies at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at mac and cheese movie or follow our Facebook page, mac and cheese movies. Or you can just live your life. That's fine. Any of those things. All right. Damn the man. Save the empire. We're out.
All right, guys, we forgot one thing on Empire Records that was, that was actually pretty important. Um, it just wasn't in the notes, and we kind of forgot about it. Um, so we're going to do that right now. So what were you saying? So I feel like Lucas is the hero of the movie, and Mark saved the store. While everybody was trying to sell stuff, Mark was the one that ran out instinct, got on the news, Got everybody from whatever town they're in to come down to this place. Mm -hmm. But at the very beginning of the movie, Lucas is walking through a casino, calling roulette numbers. He rolls the first roll at craps, and it's he wins right away. Mm -hmm. And it starts in motion, this whole series of events that's trying to save Empire Records. And then at the very end of the movie, you just see Lucas on a couch, and he just simply says the word, perfect. So it's like he saw the whole thing happening from the losing role at the crap table. Like, mm -hmm. I need to lose this money to start every other event in this movie. Exactly. This is for you, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we also said we would talk about that when we were talking earlier, and <laughs> we never came back to it. We didn't. So originally yeah. I thought Mark was the hero because he saved the store. But I think he Lucas, was just one part in the bigger plan. Right. And Lucas was the one that kind of foresaw everything that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then his relationship with Joe, we didn't really talk about because there was the scene where he met him when he was 13 mm -hmm. for some reason. Like, we don't know if he was. No, adopted. he saved him. He saved him. It makes it sound like he, he like adopted, like foster, right. fostered right. him. Right. Because he was like kicked out when he was 10 or given up by his parents when he was yeah. 10. Yeah, so. and he was like, it wasn't because I was wetting the bed, because he said I wet the bed until I was ten, and then he's he's not in that house anymore. That also made me think like, what's going on in that house that's stressing him out enough that he's like continuing to wet the bed, and then as soon as he's out of that house, he's not doing it anymore. And multiple scenes in this movie, Lucas is one on one with every character. I bet we could watch it again and see that Lucas is with every character at least once mm -hmm. alone in this movie, giving them advice. But I mean, and I think we can take that, uh, you know, he sees what's about to happen a little bit further, like with Warren, you know, oh, yeah. because he's like chasing him after he's shoplifted and he's everywhere Warren is running. He's never he's winded. Never and he's never like in the car he's like waiting. In the car. Like, he's mm -hmm. just like leaning against it, real casual, like he's been waiting for him. Yeah, who runs upstairs and then catches somebody outside? Yeah. Yeah. So Lucas was the hero for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we could take that a step further and be like, you know, Joe is letting every, I mean, he lets all of that ride. He lets Lucas, you know, he's just like, not giving him up to the police. He's not doing any. He's not like just go home. So Empire Records is like a magical building. I think so. <laughs> I think so. And and ev all the greats are like attracted there, including Warren. You know, we don't know who he's gonna be. <laughs> but we know he likes Dr. Dre. We know he likes Dr. Dre <laughs> and Whitney Houston. And Whitney Houston. <laughs> it's for his girlfriend, okay? <laughs> it's for his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, because okay. he totally has one of those. All right. Is that it? I think so. Okay. All right. All right. Second Good night. time's the charm. <laughs>